0: Welcome to the 66th episode of Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports columnist Scott Osler and Ann Killian. After the Warriors' Game Three win over the Trailblazers, Scott and Ann sat down with me to recap the victory Sunday morning, look ahead to Game Four, and answer a pressing question: What would Golden State do if Andre Iguodala is seriously hurt? We'll have our conversation right after the break. Around 10 a.m. Sunday, Scott Ostler and Ann Killian join me at the Nines Hotel in downtown Portland to break down the Warriors' Game 3 win over the Blazers and look ahead to Game 4. Happy Sunday morning, everyone. Uh, we are here, Connor, Ann, and Scott, in what I can only describe as what looks almost like the back room of a professor's mansion or something. Or I, I don't even know how to describe this, what would you describe
2: this room? I don't know, sort of like a Mafia guy's man cave or something like that. I don't know. It's
0: There's a billiards table, uh, some cool chandelier with uh, antler, antlers. Um, anyway, w- this is a very Portland setup. We're in a very nice hotel in downtown Portland. We, we told uh, the front desk person that we needed a place to podcast, and she took us into this back, what they call the library, this back room, and uh, it's pretty awesome. So probably the coolest spot we've ever podcasted from.
1: Yes, um except for when we were really drunk in your room that
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty that was pretty cool as well. <laughs> um, but um so it's the morning after uh, game 3. Warriors are obviously up 3-0 on the Blazers. I'm just going to start by asking the obvious. This is over, right? And you know, as we know no team has ever come back in NBA history from down a 3-0 deficit. Do the Blazers have it in them to throw one last punch and and extend this to five?
2: I think they do because everything we know and predict is always wrong. So (laughs) it seems easy, but I don't. I don't think so. Especially uh, it's their last gasp. They've gone through a huge year. They've they've pumped themselves up. They believe in themselves. The fans believe in them. I just can't believe that they would go out and just throw a dud in the last game. They're gonna. They've done in the past against these guys, even in the closeout games. They they give them a tough battle.
1: Yeah, Damian Lillard told me personally that he was coming back to Oakland, so I would not be surprised if they if they won um, Monday night in Game Four and and forced a Game Five in Oakland. But I will say mm-hmm. that the, the Blazers just looked gassed. They looked um, when when Draymond went into weird, crazy, money green gear last night in the third quarter. They just couldn't keep up and what what kind of shocked me about that was and I love Damien because he's super honest in press conferences but he said that they were taken by surprise it's like have you guys not been paying attention for the last four years how can you be taken by surprise when Draymond Green just goes full Draymond Green on you which is what he did and and that to me was such a contrast in the fitness and um ability of a guy who's so experienced to dig down, you know, he lost the 23 pounds famously, and, and you know, he got himself ready for this moment in the late, in the regular season, and his ability to dig down, and their inability to find any kind of second gear or fourth gear or whatever gear you need to to get through a second half like that, they they just looked like they were done in the second half. And I think, you know, when they look at the film today, that's gonna crush them, and they're they that might be difficult for them to rebound from because I don't know if they have it. They actually I don't know if they have the energy.
2: Uh, just one comment on that. Isn't that what the Warriors do to teams, especially at the end of the year when everybody's tired? Is they wear them down? They run. They their defenses is, is tenacious, hellacious. Uh, Draymond Green. They just out. They outrun everybody. They just run them to exhaustion. Yeah,
0: I mean, <clears throat> what you're seeing, I think, is uh, the benefit of Steve's plan to, you know, manage the loads, uh, load management of of his star guys. You know, he didn't play um, uh, Curry, Durant, or Thompson, or Green, or any of those guys, huge minutes, given the caliber of players they are. And right now, they look fresh. They look rejuvenated, uh, as opposed to that this Blazers team, like Ann just touched upon, they look tired especially Lillard who has played 40 plus minutes all season has really carried the load night in and night out for them just to get here um and what you're seeing is the benefit of having a team that doesn't care that much about the regular season where everything is focused toward this exact moment and here they are and they're ready for it and to kind of go off that um I I I think this is a sweep I think it's over uh because I only I think what we've learned the past two games is that the feel-good vibes and, and the motivation and having the city, the city of Portland backing them and all that, that can only get them so far. The reality of the situation is they're overmatched. Um, they have no solution for the traps and everything that Damien's seen. I don't think Lillard's going to get it going. It came out late last night that he's done dealing with a rib injury as well. Um, and I said, entering this series, that Lillard needs to have an absolute Herculean series for them to even test the Warriors, and that has not been the case. CJ McCollum hasn't been great either. I don't see them suddenly figuring it out in Game 4. As we all know, when you're down 3-0, it's really hard to, to get up for that when you know you're just prolonging the inevitable anyway.
2: Yeah, there, there, I don't think there's many teams that can one guy can carry him beyond this point. LeBron is the one guy that, in the past, he could take sort of average guys or pretty good guys and and elevate them and carry them basically and we saw in the last series James Harden couldn't do it for a series uh he got worn out and looks like the same thing is happening here one guy Damian Lillard can't do it he's got CJ and all the stuff and that's nice but he's he's like you said he's got to carry him and he, he it just can't happen now he's tired he's gassed
1: yeah and i think we're also seeing i mean we said it last round but that felt like the western conference finals and this doesn't feel like the western conference finals it feels like I mean, I, I think Denver, if they had pulled out game seven, might have given the Warriors a, a better matchup, a tougher time than, um, than this team is. They just, it's not a good matchup for them because it's, you know, their strength is the Warriors' strength. And it just, it, it, whatever happens Monday in game four, the outcome of this is inevitable. And, um, and then the Warriors, if they do sweep, they'll have 10 days off before game one of the finals, which is kind of insane. I mean, we might even forget about them. We might even forget that the that we still have the NBA finals to go because that's a long time in the middle of the playoffs to have off.
0: Yeah, 10 days of content filling should be it would be fun. Um, <laughs> I'm, a,
2: I'm on vacation those 10 days, so you guys, good luck with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, that's one thing I was wondering. Is that actually a good thing for the Warriors, having 10 days off? Um, I know you know they're a little banged up and and all that but 10 days you're you're verging on rust territory at that point For sure
1: you'd be definitely verging on rust I I do think given Kevin Durant given DeMarcus Cousins and now Andre Iguodala I think that they will spin it as being a really good thing but <clears throat> I think um you know we've seen this team this team needs a little something, something to get them revved up and going. And, um, and like we saw it against Houston, it was, you know, the little danger factor and there's no danger in a 10 day layoff. There's, there's just relaxation. So I wouldn't, if they, if it does happen that they have 10 days off, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if then they drop game one, cause they're going to be on the road no matter where they are. Um, whether it's Milwaukee or it's Toronto and, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they have a hard time getting started again, because that's the way this team has been all season.
2: Oh, one thing you t- talking about losing their edge. Uh, this is a team. In the last two games, they've blown leads. I, I, they've spotted the other team leads of what sixteen and eighteen or something like that. They've been behind two nights in a row. That that would worry me if I was the coach. That right. that's and kind of a, that's kind of a dangerous and business they model. One point lead, right?
0: Yeah, because the reality is you can't give up that kind of deficit against a team like Milwaukee I I know you guys we've all been following what's going on in that series against Toronto Milwaukee's looked absolutely phenomenal um they were dominant at times against Boston in the last series and I think they're very much for real um I think that if and when that series happens it's going to be fascinating on a lot of levels and i could definitely see that going six or seven games
1: connor we can't talk about that we are going to have 10 days to fill <laughs> we are not talking about that now okay
0: that is that's fair that's fair but <laughs> let me just say one thing it's not even about the matchup it's about the 10 days um the <clears throat> milwaukee's obviously up to um i don't see that series going four games. I think I think Toronto has it in them to at least push it to five or six. So, you you would think Milwaukee doesn't have the amount of rest that the Warriors do. And the Milwaukee's obviously significantly healthier than the Warriors. So, I, that would actually benefit Milwaukee. Um one of the big questions today is uh is the status of Andre Iguodala. He's getting an MRI on his left calf um which uh you know forced him to leave early in the third quarter last night um, what how big is that going forward Um, let's say hypothetically that it is somewhat serious and he does have to miss beyond just
2: a game four you know how how big of a deal is that well we talked about them blowing the lead uh, I mean s- spotting big leads the last two games and uh, Andre's the babysitter and Steve Kerr likes to call him he's the guy that comes in and steadies things down when things are rocky when the the team's out of sync when they're making mistakes, when they're getting ragged, he comes in and he's, he's the babysitter. He restores order and he makes a play. He's, you know, he's not, he's missing his threes. He can't hit threes anymore in the last two games, but he's still, uh, that aside is a phenomenal player. He just makes the whole team better. It's just, you, you can't replace him.
1: Yeah. And I would argue, I mean, it would be a stupid argument, but I could make (laughs) it that, um, that missing Iguodala in the finals would be a bigger loss than Kevin Durant. Just, I, I say that because we have seen what this team is like without Iguodala and he is just so vital in shutting down the best player on the other team and um and I I would I would be loath to see this team the Warriors face Giannis without Iguodala um or or Kawhi I I just he's and I I think um There's such a weird chemistry on this team, an interesting chemistry in that there's something going on and it's undeniable that they're kind of fired up about winning without Durant because I think they all see their future and they think they're probably going to have to figure out how to win without Durant next year anyway. So there's something going on where they're kind of um, invigorated by it. I think if they lost Iguodala, that would be the opposite. They They would lose some of their confidence because he is their steady hand he is their big brother he is kind of the guy they rely on um as a presence out there no matter what he's contributing offensively but they just really i think they get a huge part of their postseason confidence from Iguodala so i think that would be you know it would be a weird dynamic um but again if they could close it out without him tomorrow night and give him 10 days to get better um and get healthy i think that you know that would be their ideal their their
0: ideal scenario. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument that Andre is as important, or at least almost as important, defensively to the Warriors as Draymond Green because Draymond's probably the best help defender in the world, and Andre is one of the best one on one defenders in the world. And you you wonder hypothetically, we're we're just gonna play the hypothetical game real quick. If uh, if Durant and Andre have to miss some games in the finals, who guards Giannis? Like that. That would like who? Clay? Yeah. Well, that
1: would
0: be hard. Alfonso McKinney. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, Wait,
0: honestly, Draymond. No. But, yeah. Yeah. It would. It would. It would be Draymond. It um. Be Draymond. And Draymond's gonna get some some minutes on him anyway. Um. But he, but... Could, he could foul out in
2: like in a quarter. Exactly.
0: Right.
1: Again, we have ten days to think about. I that know, but
0: three. but it's it's uh it's. It's hard when when the team's up 3-0 not to think ahead and I know the Warriors might fall victim to that tomorrow but you know we're not playing the game so we we it's okay I think a, a little bit if we fall victim to that but that that is the big question if Andre seriously injured is what they lose defensively cuz he has been really nice offensively for them throughout these playoffs until like you said the last two games but uh they need that they need that steady presence on the defensive side of the ball um and it, it'll it be – this this injury with KD has been weird. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had calf injuries, uh, but everyone I've talked to who's had one has said that it's, you know, it's it's really hard to predict how long it's going to affect you because it, it can kind of change minute to minute, hour to hour. And that's been the case. You know, it seems like every other day we have a very different timeline on what Durant's status could be. But it's looking like he'll definitely miss the rest of this series they're optimistic he'll return at some point in the finals. We don't know even if with a 10 day live or though, if he'll be ready to go. Um, you know, do you think that um, without KD, the Warriors um, can kind of keep this momentum going uh, into the next series?
2: Yeah, I do. And this is weird because I can't remember a time in basketball history, either reading about it or being around it where a, a team in the playoffs, they're, has the best player in basketball, the, the player that everybody says is, hey, this guy's the best player in basketball right now, and it's and there's a raging debate on whether they they need him back or not, whether they'd be better off without him. That's that's crazy that we're even talking about it, and it's a legitimate debate. You could really talk about it, but it's. I'm sorry, what was your question about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got lost. man. Can they go into the finals without him? Um,
1: and it, it, you know, I, I mean, I think. The thing is, because we've seen this team without Durant, seen them be great, and then we've seen them be great with Durant, but then what we're witnessing now is more people are touching the ball because he's not on the floor, and so it looks a lot like the first Warriors team that made everyone fall in love with this team and, and, you know, kind of took basketball by a revolution of, like, how fun and exciting and, and the ball movement and everything. So... I think it's understandable that that there is this debate because there's also, at least in the Warriors fan base, there's this kind of sentimental thing going on like, oh, my God, this is as fun as 2015 was. And and then you add in just the um, which is not a basketball thing, but a, you know, a media, social media, cultural thing of there's this Durant fatigue, you know, we have been for an entire season almost a full calendar year, been obsessed about this question of what happens to Kevin Durant. So the fact that they're, it's almost like the future is already here and they are without Durant and they're doing well, that kind of also, and I, I think the team, team kind of feels it too, even though they would never admit it in a million years, it, there's kind of a, a energy in, around what's happening when he's not on the floor. Um, and clearly that's going to piss him off. There's already been some social media that he's upset about it. Um, You know, I mean, it's just it's a really it's a really interesting dynamic, considering, like you said, Scott, he is the best player in basketball.
0: Yeah, it's it's what we're seeing is he's the best player in the world, but he's not the most important player on the Warriors. And that's Steph Curry and arguably Draymond Green. Uh, Definitely Steph Curry, though. And uh, the weird thing is, you know, I wrote about this a few days ago and I looked at all the numbers. Every. Statistic pretty much reinforces the idea that they are better without Kevin Durant. I know, I know we don't we don't want to get caught up in the stats too much, but they're hard to deny. You know, like they they are statistically better. I'm not saying that actually. It's kind of it's like if they if all if all the indicators point to them being better, are they they have to be better, right? But but everyone says when you actually say they're better without Kevin Durant, everyone will laugh at you and say you're an idiot. He's Kevin Durant. Well. The way basketball works, it's not all about like some. There is sometimes such a thing as having too much talent. Yeah. You saw that with the Lakers back in the day. You saw, you know, you've seen that with teams. And uh, I don't know. It, it feels like they might actually be better without Kevin Durant.
2: Yeah. You know, there's one stat that I found interesting that, uh, you know, they had their stats on everything, of course. And uh, with Durant, in, when Durant's playing, the team averages uh, 300 passes a game. And when he's not playing, they average something like three hundred and thirty-two, so they like they pass the ball ten percent more. So it's not only more fun to watch because they move the ball around, and it's, and it's a great offense. It's a it's a circus, but just the stuff we were talking about before the toll it takes on the opposing defense. You know, Damian Lillard's got to chase these guys around every time they if they throw thirty extra passes, that's twenty extra times Damian Lillard's got to run around and get his man through screens and stuff like that, and that wears them down. And it's so it's it's not only prettier to watch. But although there's, you know, Kevin Durant's a, a pretty player to watch, but the, to watch their offense without him is, is really stunning, and it's uh, it takes a toll on the other team.
0: And that's what Seth Curry said, I think he told The Athletic, right. they're, they're more difficult to guard without KD, and that's kind of what he was getting at, is fighting through
2: screens now, and when he, movement. When he said that, he said, they're not a better team, but they're harder to guard. Do you think he was being diplomatic? Do you think he really meant... They're, yeah, they're I a mean, better team. it's
0: it. That's the thing. Is okay if they're more difficult to guard. It's a it's an interesting yeah. question. Uh, I think you what he's saying is they're not a better team because he, Kevin Durant the is the best player in the world and he can score regardless. But I don't know. I, I have a hard time deciphering what that exactly means. <laughs> and obviously, Durant was not happy about it. He responded to it on social media. And he, that guy cannot get off Instagram, man. But, uh, <laughs> That's um, the
1: worst part of this whole injury is all the more time for Kevin to look at his phone.
0: Oh, and you know that if and when he comes back, he's going to have the world's biggest chip on his shoulder. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. He's already, I mean, you, we know that he has a super thin skin. So now he's injured. Now he's hearing all of this about the team that he, I mean, the guy did win finals MVP two years in a row. Deservedly, and, deservedly so. And now people are saying like, eh, who needs that guy as they're heading into their fifth consecutive finals. So, I mean, he is going to have an enormous chip on his shoulder. It, it, In, in part of that um, game one loss that I'm already predicting in the NBA finals, I, I predict like he shoots like, you know, he shoots the ball every chance he gets. It'll be it'll be the Durant black hole of where the ball goes,
0: and, and uh, which will just
2: reinforce exactly the narrative, right? <laughs> and to add fuel to the fire to get KD even more riled up if he's listening. But that, see, I know he
0: has listened to. I know the,
2: the you know the narrative that he, he obviously he's been the MVP of the last two finals, but you I think you can make a solid argument last year that it could have been Steph Curry that it was li- at least a close battle for MVP. So it wasn't like uh Kevin was the runaway MVP. It was it was I'd say co-MVP.
0: Yeah. Uh it'll be it'll be fascinating. Um I really it's been a lot of fun having Scott and Ann in Portland. I I'm, I'm sure anyone who listens to the pod knows I am from Portland, Oregon. So it's it's nice to be home uh went out with these two. They met one of my best friends last night, got to meet Ann's son last night who lives in Portland. So uh it's been a great trip so far. Uh, stay locked and loaded to uh, to sfcronalcold.com we'll have plenty of coverage throughout the playoffs and obviously from Portland uh, from game 4 I have a feeling we're not going to be back here for game 6
2: that's just that's, my that's just my guess
1: that's my feeling which is too bad because this is a great town
0: it is. Best I'll tell say America.
2: one thing I'm tired of walking around town and, and answering the question over and over again what's Conor turnout really like You know. <laughs> <laughs> on that note
0: thanks for joining me and uh, and listening in a couple of days Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the Editor-in-Chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at cleturno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.